BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey friends, thanks for joining a podcast. I want to tell you about something really new and exciting called patreon.com slash BP show. It's a great way to get uh, exclusive interviews with newsmakers, voicemails, personalized videos, political commentary, and early access to a special podcast called The Making of Bernie Sanders. Go to patreon.com slash BP show, patreon.com slash BP show. you everything you need to fight the Trump administration. This is The Bill Press Show, live at youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show. Michael Flynn, uh, the fourth Trumper to fall. Who is next? Say, what do you say, everybody? It's a Monday, Monday, November. No, November, that was last month. December 4. Here we go into the new month. With the Bill Press Show, great to see you. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you had a uh, great weekend. Uh, maybe uh, got the tree, got the tree up, did a little Christmas shopping, or maybe just relaxed and watched some football. It's good to see you either way, ready to dive into the news of the day, and there is lots and lots to talk about. No sooner was our show over on Friday. Then uh, Robert Mueller dropped the hammer again, this time on former, not just former campaign aide, former national security advisor to the United States. Think about that. That is probably, after vice president, the most important position in the White House, after president and vice president, of course, uh, the person who is entrusted with all of our national secrets, whose job is to advise the president and steer the country on the right course on national security. Michael Flynn charged with lying from the White House, lying to the FBI. And not only that, the president says, I knew he was lying to the FBI and he didn't do anything about it until uh, the New York Times and the Washington Post both told the country about it. Uh, one more time, the media doing its job uh, in, this, uh, <laughs> in these troubled times with Donald Trump in the White House. So much to talk about. We Well, that's just one of the big stories today. We also have the tax cuts to talk about. We'll jump right into it with all of you and look forward to your comments on Twitter. Tell us what you think about Michael Flynn's indictment at BP Show on Twitter, at BP Show. But first, this is the Full Quarter Press. Just a couple of other stories making news. Well, one person we haven't heard from since the Access, we haven't heard a lot from since the Access Hollywood tape came out of Donald Trump admitting to sexual assault is Billy Bush. Well, no more. He has an op-ed in the New York Times today that says, on the line, grab him by the yes. genitals, which Donald Trump, we heard him on tape saying, Billy Bush says, quote, he said it. So this should end any kind of speculation that Donald Trump is running around telling Republicans it was not his voice on the tape. Yeah, Billy of course Bush he said, said it. 
Billy Bush. Yeah, I mean, look, we all knew this, but it's nice to have someone who was there in the room. What say, an opening for Billy Bush to make a comeback, by the way. <laughs> yeah, oh, by the way, fine. Good for him. Yeah, look. If I mean, by the way, back, also, in a sense, why was he? I mean, I'm no big Billy Bush fan. But he was on the bus. There were seven other people on the bus. Donald Trump said it. Billy Bush didn't. Why was he fired in the first place? Well, Billy Bush addresses in this op-ed. He says, we laughed along with it because yeah. in our minds that there was a this was nothing but a hypo- What's quote. the word of the year, Bill? He was complicit. He was complicit. <laughs> uh, Billy Bush well, said he thought that this was, Was the quote, bus driver complicit? Billy Wrong. Bush said he thought that this was, quote, hypothetical hot air from America's highest rated bloviator. And that is why he said he laughed it off. Yeah. Which is not much of a defense, frankly, but that is his defense. So Billy Bush is running. He's running. <laughs> He's definitely running. Uh, by the way, this is a, another. And I just okay. when the president says the tape is phony, good for Billy Bush for coming out to say, no, it's not Donald. Yeah, sure. Sure. Good for him. By the way, over the weekend, we got to look at what the college football playoff is going to look like. Number one of the nation is Clemson. Uh, number two in the nation is not the Alabama Crimson Tide. I know you're all waiting. Uh, for me I know to get we're to all it. waiting. I know for you're all waiting it, for yes. me to get to it. I'm not going to get to it. Uh, <laughs> we uh, finish talk- the story, please. We only I talk am. about we only talk about Alabama when they're winning. Yeah, well, well, the, uh, just just wait. I'm, I'm good. I'm getting there. Uh, number two in the nation, Oklahoma. Number three is Georgia. Number four is the Alabama Crimson Tide. So. That one of those four will be your national team. The Alabama and Clemson, the Sugar Bowl. Is that right? That's it. That's right. That's right. Uh, I am so excited. I just can't wait to find out who's going to Clemson. Get out of here. (laughs) On your radio, on TV, and online. This is the Bill Press Show. Mark my words. Donald Trump will not survive beyond the end of 2018. After the Michael Flynn indictment, he is on uh, the short leash right now because the chain of uh, indictments is only going up. It's not going down and it's getting closer and closer to the Oval Office. Hello, everybody. What do you say? It's a Monday, December 4. This is the Bill Press Show. Great to see you today. I hope you're coming out of a good weekend. Uh, We certainly uh, had a great weekend here. Uh, And we're looking forward to uh, joining you for uh, our roundup of the news of the day. There is so much going on to talk about all the big stories, starting with, yes, charges against Michael Flynn, former National Security Advisor, for lying to the FBI. And not only that, He is now cooperating with Robert Mueller, that's George Papadopoulos, and and Michael Flynn himself, both uh, agreeing for a lesser penalty, of course, uh, for who knows when they're ever punished, but uh, they'll get a good deal because they've agreed to cooperate with the special counsel, Robert Mueller, which is not good news for anybody above Michael Flynn, namely uh, Jeff Sessions or Mike Pence or Jared Kushner or Donald Trump Jr. or maybe even Ivanka and maybe even the president himself. Donald Trump making worse by saying he knew that Michael Flynn was lying to the FBI. And we also know from emails from KT McFarlane, who is a big, uh, big member of the transition team at Mar-a-Lago, 
emails that she sent that the transition team was actually telling Michael Flynn to get in touch, instructing him, asking him to get in touch with the Russians. Michael Flynn was not acting on his own, as the White House had previously said. And on top of all of that, we've got the Republicans forcing through at the very last minute, making changes up till they finally got 51 votes and getting their tax cut bill through the Senate. Now it's got to be reconciled with the House version. By the way, that's not going to be a problem. Some people thought it would be. The House will just rubber stamp whatever the Senate the Senate did, maybe make a couple of little changes, and then it'll be on its way to Donald Trump's desk. With that, we've got a great lineup of guests. Ben and Jerry. Well, Ben is coming in today. Ben Cohen from co-founder of Ben and Jerry's Ice Cream. You know which, what I love? Which I enjoyed again, by the way, Thursday night. For, you know, you know what dessert. I love? Yes. Ice cream for breakfast. Ice cream for breakfast. Yes, coming up. Coming up. And Paul Singer from USA Today will be joining us uh, joining us as well. Uh, speaking of the weekend, Peter, I uh, took your advice. I uh, w- w- We went to see uh, Lady Bird. Yeah. Not bad. Think? Not bad. Uh, I thought it was, it was very good. wasn't great. I thought it was very I good. Could, but, but I'll tell you, it's particularly good if you ever lived in Sacramento. Okay. All right. <laughs> I figured you'd have some thoughts on that. There are, there are inside jokes about Sacramento that you don't get unless you lived in Sacramento. <laughs> uh, but beautiful acting and, uh, and a fun story and a heartwarming story. So anyhow, um, uh, yeah, it's a good, good flick. Um, and now, yes, with the news of the day, it happened on Friday right after, Peter, you finished the show on Friday. Um, that's, uh, that's, that's become a, a kind of a classic time for Michael Flynn to drop the hammer. I anything, mean, for Robert Mueller to drop the hammer. Anything yeah. could happen at any time, <laughs> yeah. but it usually happens right after the show. Right. And there it was. Uh, and, um, it, it's, I mean, literally it is stunning news that anybody who thought that this, uh, all the white house telling us, Oh, this is just a witch hunt. This is just fake news. This is. Donald Trump, right? Fake news. This is uh, just the Democrats who invented this thing and stirred this whole investigation up because they can't accept the fact that I won the election. He's been saying all of that for a year, and nobody believes it. It's just BS. Um, and then Ty Cobb, the president's attorney, who tells him, oh, don't worry. This is this is winding down. Sarah Huckabee Sanders telling us at the White House, all indications are that the Mueller investigation is almost over you know, no, 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 no. Look, Robert Mueller didn't hire 15 of the best prosecutors in the country, uh, or he didn't take the job because it was going to be just a one-year job and then uh, and they'd get nothing done. Uh-uh. This is a serious criminal investigation, which is, going, which is just heating up. It is going to last a long time. And, my friends, it has already snared four people close to Donald Trump, with criminal charges. Paul Manafort, his buddy Rick Gates. Now, you might say, okay, they were charged with money laundering having nothing to do with talking to the Russian. That's true. But they were found guilty of breaking the law, and they'll probably end up cooperating with Robert Mueller because as campaign manager, Paul Manafort knew what was going on. Then you've got George Papadopoulos, campaign advisor, who admits lying to the FBI and, and has said for months he's been cooperating with Mueller, may have even worn a wire to get some of his uh, former colleagues uh, uh, talking about what they knew. And now on top of that, they were all, but they were all campaign people. Now you've got Michael Flynn, not just a campaign person, 
but moved into the transition, remember, was considered as a vice presidential running mate for Donald Trump. That's how close they were. The, like, like this whole idea that yeah. Michael Flynn had very little to do with the Trump administration no. and wasn't in the wasn't no. in the yeah. inner circle is all yeah. fiction. Yeah, You're right. There was talk of him being a vice presidential candidate. There was talk of, or not not talk of, he actually spoke yeah. at the Republican National Convention. That's where the, the con- infamous locker lock up, up chant started. Yeah, right. And then he was named again to the most, after president and vice president, the most important position in the White House is national security advisor. So he got the third most important position in the country, uh, Michael Flynn. I uh, didn't last there very long, but that's the, that's that's how close he was to to Do, to Donald Trump, and he charged with lying to the FBI about what about his contacts with the Russians. So again, Donald Trump, who said on twenty different occasions, nobody around me had any contact at all with the Russians. Now we know of nine people, nine people who did, Michael Flynn. Uh, being one of them, Michael Flynn, lying about it. Was he acting as a rogue agent? No way. Again, got the best journalism we're seeing in a long time. We're seeing today the New York Times on the heels of Michael Flynn being indicted on Friday. On Saturday, the New York Times revealing a whole set of emails from Katie McFarlane, who ended up being Flynn's deputy at National Secure at uh, the um, uh, as National Security Advisor was at, with Trump in the transition in Mar-a-Lago emailing uh, the t- members of the team that they had to get in touch with the Russians because President Obama had put some more sanctions on Russia, remember, as a, as a punishment for their trying to interfere with the election. And KT McFarland told everybody, We've got to be make sure the Russians know that we're going to be nicer to them than Obama. Otherwise, otherwise the focus is going to be how they tried to throw the election. And Katie McFarland saying, so somebody's got to talk to them, but don't worry, we've asked Michael Flynn to do it. So she was giving directions to Michael Flynn to talk to the Russians and tell them, hey, you're going to get a better deal from us. So don't overreact to these sanctions. And, in fact, they they agreed that they were not going to retaliate to the sanctions. And then Donald Trump tweeted out, I knew Putin was a smart guy. The point is, though, Michael Flynn was acting in, in talking to the Russians in the, at the in the at the direction of the Trump transition team. And of course, you can't tell me that Donald Trump himself didn't know what was going on. Know what was going on. He's the one that was giving the orders. He was telling Katie McFarland, you got to get Michael Flynn to talk to the Russians. And then on top of all of that, oh, by the way, Katie McFarland also in one of her emails said, the reason we've got to be nicer to the Russians is they just threw the election to us. <laughs> I mean, something to uh, that effect. I may yeah, not no. have it word for word, but just that's about the, that's that. the essence of what she said, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she almost admits that they knew they were trying to tilt the election to Donald Trump, and they had succeeded in doing so. Therefore, we got to be nice to them. Now, so on top of that, and, and uh, well, let's a little bit. All right. So they got Michael Flynn, and Michael Flynn's agreed to cooperate. I was on MSNBC yesterday, and Ted Lieu, our good friend Ted Lieu from California, Congressman yeah. Ted Lieu, was on just ahead of me, former prosecutor 
and he made a point which is very, very important. The White House has got to be very nervous about Michael Flynn pleading guilty and agreeing to cooperate with Robert Mueller because if they have flipped Michael Flynn, they didn't flip Michael Flynn to spill the beans about somebody under him. That's not the way it works. The prosecutors go up the food chain, not down the food chain. They don't start at the top and work their way down. They start the bottom, Papadopoulos, mm, pretty near the top, Michael Flynn, and then they only go up. Okay, who was above Michael Flynn in the chain of command? In other words, who has to be nervous that Michael Flynn is talking? Think about it. It's not a long list, but they're pretty big names. Jared Kushner. Donald Trump Jr., Ivanka Trump, Jeff Sessions, Mike Pence, and who else? Donald Trump himself. <laughs> That's why I say I really do believe this whole thing is going to fall apart. Uh, I'm not saying Donald Trump's going to be impeached, but I think it'll end up with so many top people around him charged with crimes charged with criminal offenses that Donald Trump would be forced to resign before the end of 2018. Take it to the I, bank today, December 4, Bill Press saying Donald Trump will not last as president be, uh, on, all the way to the end of 2018. That's the first time I've heard you say that. No, I didn't, I didn't believe that until Michael Flynn. Yeah, I mean, it... Uh, I thought he'd go four years and then sure. not get reelected. I mean, I, I could, I think you're right, he's not going to get impeached, because that, yeah. that means we have to rely on the Republicans to get this right. done. I think that you're, you're right on that. Um, I think we take the House back in 2018, but that won't be until 2019. Right, right, right. Yeah. right. But I think that you look at how things are getting, the heat is getting turned up around Donald Jr., Jared Kushner, Ivanka Trump. Eric Trump's name isn't mentioned a whole lot in this stuff, yeah, but I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I should add a, could could very I well add be him surprised. To the yeah, yeah. But like, if there's one thing that Donald Trump is good at, I will say, and even Hillary Clinton admitted this during one of the debates, is like he, he takes care of his kids. Now, I look, I, I don't, yeah. I don't know what he's like as a father. Right. I just mean like in the in the perception <laughs> of keeping his kids safe, making sure that they do well. He seems to have an interest in that. Once his kids start going down, once his kids start getting mentioned in indictments, and his son-in-law Jared, uh, it's not going to look good. No, he's no. going to he's going to want to get out of this. I, I thought it was funny that uh, that they said about uh, right away about uh, the, you know look I wrote a book about spin that was my first book right so I love I love political spin some of the worst political spin I ever heard was from the White House when Michael Flynn was indicted and and Ty Cobb says oh. He only worked for us for 25 days. He worked for Barack Obama for years. Right. No, no, no. He didn't work for Barack Obama for years. He was a general in the military, right, when Obama was president. The Pentagon named him head of the uh, National Defense Intelligence Operation, and Obama fired him. So don't try to make out that he was some Obama insider. No, no. No, no way. Okay, back to this. Now, what, what made this whole matter even worse is a Donald Trump who can't shut up. He can't stop tweeting. Donald Trump comes out and says, I fired Michael Flynn because I knew he was lying to the FBI and he lied to James Comey. He's never said that before. 
that is explosive because that raises all kinds of questions. If he knew Flynn lied to the FBI, right? First of all, why didn't he do anything about it right away? Why did he keep Michael Flynn all that time and appoint him national security advisor knowing he'd lied to the FBI, just like he lied to, to, uh, to Mike Pence? And then why did he wait until the New York Times revealed the details of Michael Flynn talking about sanctions to Ambassador Kisiak? Why did he wait till then until he fired him? And then why the very next day after he fired Michael Flynn, the very next day, did he ask James Comey to drop the investigation? All kinds of questions. So we're in a situation right now. Now, the White House is saying, oh, Donald Trump didn't send that tweet. He didn't write that tweet. John Dowd, right, an attorney, the, uh, one of his outside attorneys, drafted that tweet and, <coughs> and sent it into the White House. Let me tell you something. Bull. Exactly. <laughs> First of all, I don't believe John Dowd at all. No. He's falling on his sword. He was no. asked to fall on yes, his sword. This was written by White House uh, counsel mm-hmm. John Barron. Yeah. <laughs> we know that Donald Trump has used as an alias before. Yeah, there This you is go. crazy. No, crazy. So, number one, but even if you believe it, which I don't. Of course not. Donald Trump, you, you're, you're saying that the tweet went out, he didn't even read it? And then he sent, Donald Trump sent it out. He owns it. It was a Donald Trump presidential tweet. And we've been told by Sean Spicer and by Sarah Huckabee Sanders that presidential tweets are official presidential statements and should be taken as such. So they can't duck this. But what that means is, well, let's go back to the morning. What are the point on that, by the way? Donald Trump has written almost 37,000 tweets. Has he ever, has he ever once said, someone else alters my tweets? No. Not once. Not once. Good point. Not once. Good point. So what does Donald Trump think about this whole thing? Now, they kept him him kind of off Twitter during the day Friday. But Saturday morning, he's gone off somewhere. I forget where he was heading. And he he can't help himself. He's got to talk to reporters. And he says, now, here's his take on uh, the indictment of Michael Flynn. What has been shown is no collusion, no collusion. There's been absolutely, there's been absolutely no collusion. Yeah, okay, no collusion. All right, well, even if there were collusion, as several people pointed out, and I think there clearly was collusion, we've seen it, but let's say there's no collusion. All right, that's not a crime. But when you know your guy is lying to the FBI... And you try to stop an investigation so nobody else will find out that he's been lying to the FBI. That's something else, which is a crime. It's called obstruction of justice. Let's go to Senator Dianne Feinstein, ranking member on the Senate Intelligence Committee on Meet the Press yesterday. I think what we're beginning to see is the putting together of a case of obstruction of justice. You bet obstruction of justice. And so on that point, we're really left to who do you believe? Yeah. James Comey or Donald Trump? <laughs> Let's go back to the hearing See, where really Comey, Comey in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee, okay, uh, first of all, he was asked, is this obstruction of justice? And I think he gives the right answer. I don't think it's for me to say whether the conversation I had with the president was an effort to obstruct 
I took it as a very disturbing thing, very concerning, but that's a conclusion I'm sure the special counsel will work toward. Right. Comey saying that's up to Robert Mueller to decide and to determine which it is. However, Comey says, here's the way it came down to him when Donald Trump says, can't you drop this investigation of Michael Flynn? Again, the day after he fired him, knowing he had lied to the FBI because he wants the investigation to drop so this word doesn't come out. I understood him to be saying that what he wanted me to do was drop any investigation connected to Flynn's account of his conversations with the Russians. Mm-hmm. Right. Pretty clear. Comey saw it as obstruction says it is no doubt exactly what what Donald Trump wanted to do, uh, wanted, wanted him to do. And to his credit, again, James Comey didn't do it, for which he was fired. Uh, so uh, this is only going to get worse for Donald Trump. Uh, there will be other indictments. And again, uh, there are going to be uh, people even closer to, to, uh, to Donald Trump. And the focus right now looks like more and more uh, is on obstruction of justice. Uh, and one other little point... Um, that uh, it's kind of related. We also know last week that uh, Donald Trump said, oh, that Access Hollywood tape, um, no, you know, that was a phony tape. After after he had already apologized for it, admitted it, and called it locker room talk, uh, he's telling people right now that he thinks that might have been a phony tape. He didn't really say those things. Well, who was on the bus with him? Uh, Billy Bush, of course, who was the host of Access Hollywood who came out, has a piece in the New York Times today, an op-ed piece. The headline is, Yes, Donald Trump, you said that. He points out that there were, in addition to Donald Trump and me, there were seven other guys on the bus at the time, and every single one of us assumed we were listening to a crass stand-up act. He was performing. Surely we thought none of this was true. We now know better. It's the aristocrats. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Uh, And so uh, more bad news for Donald Trump. I guess you could say it's good news for Donald Trump that the tax cut bill passed the Senate. Bad news for the American people. I think it's bad news for uh, Republicans. Uh, Just, by the way, to me, the essence of the Republican attitude about this tax cut, that how they would justify and what they really believe about giving, this is the one bill they're going to pass this year, a tax cut for the wealthiest of Americans, which includes getting rid of the estate tax. Chuck Grassley, chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, was asked uh, by the Des Moines Register, how can you justify that? And Grassley said, I'm paraphrasing here, but these people that were, these very, very wealthy families that were, for whom we're getting rid of the estate tax, they deserve it because those people who don't have the estate tax, like 99.9% of the American people who don't have an estate worth $11 million to leave to their kids, right? They spend all their money, Chuck Grassley says. They would have an estate that big, except they spend all their money on booze, Women and movies. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly that's what he said. Quote, I think not having the estate tax recognizes the people that are investing yeah. as opposed to those that are just spending every darn penny they have, whether mm-hmm. it's on booze or women or movies. Yeah, right. That is the oldest statement that I've ever heard anybody make. Like, like what is he talking about? It shows how divorced they are from real people. 
Because the only people they no, talk not to... real people, Trump voters. Real people slash Trump voters. These are, the, yeah, these are yeah. their people. They are screwing Trump voters with this bill. Absol- and, and all the rest of us, too. They're screwing anybody who doesn't make at least a million dollars a year. And Orrin Hatch on Thursday on the Senate floor Orrin saying, is the worst. I have a rough time wanting to spend billions and billions and trillions of dollars to help people who won't help themselves, won't lift a finger, oh and expect the federal government to do everything. You That's know, his justification for passing this tax bill. You know, as bad as this year has been, I'm telling you, as bad gonna, as, they were rue the day they passed this bill. As bad as this year has been with President Donald Trump, when we all woke up the morning after the election, or for those of us who didn't go to sleep that night, but for those of us the next day after the election that had that pit in our stomach, yeah, this is what we were afraid of. This is the first time that they actually got a real serious legislative quote-unquote win. And by the way, for all of the hatred that Donald Trump deserves, and for all of the grief that we've given Donald Trump over the year, which, again, he very rightfully deserves, any... Any other of the Republican nominees for president would have done this exact same thing. This is exactly this is the, what Republicans are all about. Yep, it's what they wanted to do. Paul Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell have wanted to do this forever, and they finally got an idiot who will sign anything that, that they put in front of him. Yep. So this would have you're right. This would have happened with or without Donald Trump. Don't uh, still he deserves a lot of the blame. Of but, course. But it's this is Mitch. This is the Republican Party. This is who. They are. They are the party of the blue bloods. They are the party of the 1% or even less than 1%. And mark my words, this is not the end of it. This is only the first round. The, uh, the second round is what they really want to get to. They, they know what they're doing. They blow up the deficit. A trillion dollars this is going to add to the deficit. They blow up the deficit and then... They're going to turn around next year and say, oh, my God, we have this big deficit. We have to cut spending, meaning we have to go after Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. That's next on the agenda. By the way, let us not forget no doubt. that Paul Ryan convinced Donald Trump to go after the repeal of the Affordable Care Act first because yeah. the savings from that will help have- offset the deficit from this tax. From this tax plan. That didn't happen, and it didn't matter. They didn't care because they don't care about anything. And by the way, by the way, on your point about what's coming up next, Donald Trump tweeting this morning, Democrats' refusal to give even one vote for massive tax cuts is why we need, wait for it, is why we need Republican Roy Moore to win in Alabama. Yeah. We need his vote on stopping crime, illegal immigration, border wall, military, pro-life, VA, judges, Second Amendment, and much more. No to Jones, a Pelosi-Schumer puppet. So on your point, they're going to keep yep. this attack up, and yep. Trump knows it, and that's why they are he's explicitly by name endorsing Roy Moore, a noted pedophile. Uh, yes, and one other point on this, final point, I guess. First of all, I mean, shame on all those Republicans that voted for it. I mean, all of them. We, we, we said last week that they were all going to fold, and they did. Ron Johnson, he was just, he's such a phony. I mean, uh, Susan, Co- even Susan Collins, such a phony. I mean, yeah, they, they made some little change to get her vote. I mean, that's it's Lisa Murkowski, John McCain saying, this isn't a perfect bill, but it's going to help the economy. B.S. Lindsey Graham, all of them. Bob Corker's the only one that showed any balls at all. By the way, what's amazing about that, every single one of them 
hate this guy. Yeah. They hate I Donald know. Trump. Yeah. John McCain yeah. hates him. Yeah. Jeff Flake hates him. Jeff Flake, another They phony. all showed up and voted, except hey. for Bob Corker. Yeah. And as you yeah. pointed out yesterday, we were on a call, Bob Corker would have voted for this bill if they really He would have voted for the bill if they needed it. And Jeff Flake got a promise that, that they're not going to deliver they on. They laughed at his face when he said that he got that promise. Yeah. So, they don't care. So Mitch McConnell made a point yesterday about who voted for this and who did not. Uh, you know what I mean, Jamie, where he says, uh, okay, they did this. At the end, there was not a single Democrat who thought this was a good idea. Good, good. for them. So good we're going to for... take this message to the American people also yeah. a year from now. Good. Yeah. yeah. Let's do that. Let's Put that statement it. in every campaign message, exactly. every single campaign commercial Absolutely, in yeah. You take that to the American people in 2018, and they're going to shove it up your you-know-what. Uh, mm, we're just getting started today. So... All these big corporations and these big business leaders need a tax cut? Well, we'll find out from one of them coming up. The great Ben Cohen of Ben & Jerry's. If I, a guy who knows this business, if I did a tenth, a tenth of what she did, I would be in jail today. Download our podcast, search for The Bill Press Show on iTunes, and remember to rate, review, and subscribe. This is The Bill Press Show. Same great show, new great channel. Stream live video at youtube.com slash the Bill Press Show. All right, here we go on this Monday, Monday, December 4. It is uh, the Bill Press Show, and here we are at our studio in Washington, D.C., and joining you all across this great land of ours uh, online on YouTube, youtube.com slash the Bill Press Show, on Free Speech TV. How about it? You're looking good on television this morning and on the great WCPT out in the Chicago area. We're brought to you today by the United Food and Commercial Workers Union, the great men and women of the UFCW. Building a better life for hardworking men and women. Uh, they, they, those proud members of uh, uh, the UFCW under President Mark Perrone. Uh, the union that feeds, serves, and provides for America's hardworking families. Uh, and speaking of a great American, we got run right here in studio with us. It's one and only Ben Cohen of Ben and Jerry's fame. Hey, Yo, ben. baby, what's happening? Great to see you. <laughs> All right, uh, we've been we've been rolling, rocking and rolling here for a whole half an hour, and we got a lot of yeah. Uh, you're res- pretty sweaty, man. Your pits are <laughs> you know, <need laughs> <a little laughs> help. Yeah, right. <laughs> and we got some comments from some of our viewers and listeners here. Uh, Jamie, hey, start we, us off. Why don't we begin in the YouTube chat room, youtube.com backslash the Bill Press Show? Craig Travis says, when the stock market crashes, this tax bill will help make it worse. Mr. Mm. Stoner Dude on in the YouTube chat room <laughs> says uh, they, I assume he means the Republicans, will rue the day, but people will fall for their stick in the future, blaming, blaming Democrats for the recession the tax scam bill caused. A lot of you very upset about the tax bill on YouTube and on Twitter, tweeting at us at BP Show. Ron says someday soon, Collins, Murkowski, Johnson will realize that they were promised something that did not actually make it into the bill. We talked about how uh, a lot of these Republican senators getting deals for uh, getting this tax bill across the finish line. I bet they don't even know what what they agreed to, no. you know? Yeah. 
No, there's no way. Well, you know, no hearings in the middle of the night. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, I mean, right. It's the whole absurd. thing. I mean, it's you know a mockery of what uh, the Senate is supposed to be about. One more comment on the uh, Flynn plea deal and the Russia investigation. D.C. Gall tweeting at us at BP Show. This commander in chief of our nation has committed treason with the enemy, not collusion. So going even further there. Uh, <laughs> sure. Keep those comments coming in. YouTube.com backslash the Bill Press Show. The chat room's open and hopping there and on Twitter at BP Show. All right. So, Ben, first, before we get into the news, I just have to tell you, um, I didn't even know you were coming in this morning. Thursday night, Carol and I and a couple of friends went down to uh, a new area of town here called The Wharf. It's yeah, a waterfront. I've been hearing about Recently that. developed. Uh, first time we'd been down there at all. Had dinner at a, a great restaurant. And uh, we wanted to go down and get some dessert. Now let's go somewhere else and get some dessert. And we walked along the waterfront, and there was Ben and Jerry's. By God. So thank you for... Uh, <laughs> if it's hip and new and trendy, we be there, baby. You, you are. That's it, exactly. <laughs> and I had some, some Cherry Garcia right, yeah, for dessert. All right, so. The good old standby. So this is one of your newest places in town. Yeah. I suppose so. <laughs> you got to go down. Yeah, I, I've been there before you. You got to get down there. Got to get down there and see it. So, I mean, we were talking about, you You're saying, you were commenting about how the Senate did this thing with no public hearing. Here's a bill that impacts the entire economy, right? In the middle of the night, no public hearings. And if you see the picture, of they, they handed them pieces of paper where there were just scratches and people writing in the margins yeah, and all this stuff. Yeah, it's a flim flam, you know, slam bam, thank you, ma'am. You know, so, I mean, you, you know, so, try so, to do it as fast as you can before anyone figures out what you're doing. Right. So here, here is Elizabeth Warren who takes this, this mess up to the floor of the Senate and reads from the document just to show how ridiculous it is. Oh, paragraph. I'll bet that's paragraph. To a double I shall be taken into account notably during the six taxable Y yo period beginning W slash something, and then it's cut off at the bottom. And the Republicans think that's how you make tax policy late on a Friday night. Could you believe it? I mean, and imagine, we always play this game, which we shouldn't. Imagine if Democrats had tried to pull that same thing off. How, how, the screams from the Republican side of the aisle about due process, right? That's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. For the record, I think it's very bad how the Republicans did this, but like... We knew this was bad legislation anyway, right? Like, oh yeah. I, I, like, I, I don't, I don't want to get into the whole like, oh, how dare they sully the process, which is screwed up, of course. But like, if you get away from that, the bill is way worse than the just ignoring of how the process. But I think happen. they, I think the two are tied. That the bill is so bad that if they had it under regular process, they probably could never. Yeah, got exactly. Done. Sure. Yeah. They, they needed to do it in a way that people couldn't figure out what was in it. Right. So what? What's your take <clears throat> on? Um, let's start with the estate tax, for example. Well, you know, I mean, uh, the estate tax applies only to how many estates? 2,000, 5,000? Families, so, yeah, so, maybe. So, something, like, something like that. Yeah. And it applies, I guess, with a few minor exceptions to people that are earning 
what what what's the, what's the minimum amount of money that well, it was to... five million now I think it's now eleven it's million eleven million <laughs> right, right 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 so the the idea is that this estate tax applies only to people that are earning over or that have an estate of over eleven million and somehow we're saying that what that it's un American to uh tax those estates yeah right the estates and and money and money that these children are inheriting for which they've never worked a day, right? Yeah, yeah. And and that's what maintains the uh, split between rich and poor. That's what exacerbates the split between rich and poor. That's why uh, the, we, we keep on having a situation where fewer and fewer people in the country have more and more money and more and more people have less and less. Now, I have no idea what your net worth is, and I don't want to know, or what you make every year, but I would imagine that you're in the upper percentile, okay? Do you deserve a tax cut? No, absolutely not. I mean, uh, people at the top of the tax brackets have been getting tax cuts for, I don't know, 10 or 20 years. Uh, You know, the reality is that... uh, you know, we keep on confusing uh, marginal tax rates with the uh, with the actual tax rate that people pay. You know, I, it doesn't matter how much I get taxed on uh, income. I mean, I'm I'm not in that class, but mm-hmm. you know, if I had income over over a million dollars, or if I had income over over two million dollars, you know, I get taxed at a low rate. Up until I hit uh, two million dollars, and then that high that high amount of money gets taxed at a higher rate. Uh, uh, in theory, right? Right. But right, these people right. have so many write-offs and so many loopholes that that that, that the actual tax rate is way way right. lower. But than I the 35%. but I think what's really crazy about uh, the the arguments that have been made is that they're saying that. If if a rich person get ta- gets taxed at a higher rate, then they're not going to try to expand their businesses, and yeah. that's the most absurd thing I've ever heard in my life. I mean, I you know if the CEO of uh, Ben and Jerry's or Unilever went to their board of directors and said, "Hey, I'm not going to grow until our tax rate goes down," they'd be tossed out on their ear. I mean, that's absurd. Every business in this country is trying to grow as fast as they can. Nobody's waiting until the tax rate goes down. No, no, I wanted to get to that. I'm glad you you went there because that's what they're trying to sell, right? That's what they're trying to sell. Businesses are just holding back, (laughs) waiting for this tax cut before they will try to expand their business and as you say that's a death notice right it's absurd it's there's no there's no truth in it there's it's it's illogical i mean businesses have learned how to survive with less employees we saw this like in the during the recession that we saw Mm -hmm. under george w bush the businesses that are still around that were able to survive were able to survive by cutting jobs cutting wages and do you really think they're gonna go back they haven't yet now that the economy is doing great, if you just listen to Donald Trump, the economy is doing wonderful. Well, the other the other argument that they're making is that, well, if we cut their taxes, then they'll raise wages for yeah, for right. employees. And 
That's also totally absurd. It's crazy. No, right. So it's this old trickle-down theory. They're still trying to sell, correct? Yes. That if you put more money up here at the very, very top, it's going to trickle down in the form of higher wages, more jobs, right, better benefits, and whatever. Uh, Since when has that happened? Right. The reality is that we've been doing this trickle-down thing for the last... 10 or 20 years, and the situation's been getting worse and worse. People at the bottom of the scale are getting less and less expendable income. Right. I mean, today, corporate profits are at an all-time record high. So what are they waiting for? If if that theory were to apply, right, they could have done it last year, the year before, and they didn't. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, where's that money go? It goes into... Pockets of the CEOs, you know, st- stock buybacks, dividends, uh, that and and upper level salaries and shareholders. Yeah, right. They're the people that get it. So, um, uh, how is business? Business is great. Man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, you know, Ben and Jerry's is doing great, and uh, I don't know. I mean, I get across the board. That is true. The problem is. That for your average working class American, right, wages have been stagnant for, yeah, what? yeah, absurd. And twenty years, we or more. just went into debt to give a tax break to corporations and the ultra wealthy. Uh, absurd, right? I mean, you know, and <laughs> and the uh, you know the reality is that it's all done on debt, and eventually. Regular people, middle class people are going to pay for it. Right. Uh, all done on debt, all done by uh, people who call themselves deficit hawks. Right? Yeah. And yet here they are with a bill where the Congressional, uh, both the Joint Committee on Taxation or whatever said, no, no matter how you slice this, this is going to add at least a trillion dollars to the national debt. And these deficit hawks said, oh, that's okay because. Well, that's it's okay to... because they're doing what their uh, donors want them to do. That's okay because, as uh, what was it, this Representative Collins said, my donors called me up and said, hey, if we don't pass this tax cut, they're not going to give us any more money. Right. I mean, that's clearly what's going on. Two-thirds. I mean, even though this whole tax bill has been kept secret, yeah. that they've tried to prevent people from finding out what's in it, Two-thirds of the American public are against it. And even though they're they're passing it because they don't represent the American public, they represent their donors. It's all money in politics. One of the things I think that is, is an important lesson here as we will see this roll out and as we see this become law and as you see Democrats start to run against it in 2018, there will be no bipartisan fix to this. There should be no bipartisan fix of this. Should be full and total repeal of this. And Democrats should take this, like the lessons of this, and say, "No, we have a better plan, and this is what it is. We're not yeah. going to work with these so-called deficit hawks who have screwed the country over way too many times. They did it under Reagan. They did it under George W. Bush. They're about to do it under Donald Trump. This is who they are. Right. And we don't want to work I, with them. Yeah. Well, we've got Donald Trump and Mitch McConnell both on the record yesterday saying. Uh, no Democrat voted for this. Yes, Good. let's exactly let's <laughs> remind everybody that no. De- but but the last point you made, this does you can't escape it, right? This does get back to something 
you and Jerry both have been working on, which and with Bernie Sanders, is money in politics. Absolutely. That's the root cause of the problem. And, you know, we get sidetracked uh, because of, you know, whatever tweet or whatever particular thing is happening uh, currently. But the root cause of the problem is that our politicians are bought and paid for by uh, high-level donors. And until we get money out of politics, we're just going to keep on repeating the same bullshit that we're uh, seeing right now. And so the answer is repeal uh, Citizens United or constitutional uh, amendment? Or? Yeah, the, the answer is definitely uh, a constitutional amendment. There's already 19 states that have voted in favor of an amendment like that. Uh, and we need to pass uh, campaign finance laws uh, on the local level and at the state level and uh, as much as we can at the federal level while we're working on getting this, uh, this amendment to the Constitution. It's interesting to me that this, this has certainly been a signature issue for Bernie Sanders long before he ran for president. But it's one that really resonated with the American people last year. I mean, yeah, the, right. I mean, the, the entire population. Yeah. I mean, you look at the polls, 80, 90 percent understand that our country, our government has been bought and paid for through campaign contributions. Uh, the big problem is that people don't know if we can do anything about it. And so when we had a presidential candidate who was saying, yes, that's going to be the heart of my program. I'm going to do something about it. People glommed onto him and uh, supported him with all their heart and soul and their wallet. And by the way, and proved it by raising, what was it, $236 million from small donors. Right. Average donation, $27, right? right? The yeah. whole thing. You yeah. proved that you don't have to go to just big donors and you don't have to depend on just big donors. I Absolutely. Just, just uh, I, 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 pardon me, but a little anecdotal thing. I was in a meeting the other day with um, some people putting together a political panel, a seminar, right? And they were talking about raising money. Uh, that, that one panel, one discussion was going to be on money and politics, right? And the all the people they had that they had proposed were people who were talking about PACs, super PACs, corporate dollar. And I just said, you guys, what are you doing? There's a different way to go here now. And Bernie has proved that it's viable. You can do it. You don't have to do this. This is so 20th century, what you're talking about. But so I guess my point is these are all people in Washington, all players in Washington. Washington still hasn't gotten the message. No. They're still into PACs and super PACs. Yep. That's the way we fund campaigns. Yeah. And they're wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, the, the the important you know, it thing just, is that you, me off. you have to have a candidate that really represents what the people yearn for. You know, that's not your average run-of-the-mill candidate. Right. And, and again, Bernie has proved you can go out and you can do it differently. So um, you come to Washington on a, uh, not just to see us, thank you again, but on a very important mission. What's going on? Uh, this is the announcement of the beginning of the new Poor People's Campaign. Uh, this is led by uh, Reverend Barber. Uh, great, the, great man. The, the guy who started the Moral Mondays protests mm -hmm. in uh, North Carolina. 
and uh, you know it it picks up it uh, with Dr. Martin Luther King's work where he left off uh, when he was assassinated. Uh, toward the end of his life, Martin Luther King was focused on the issue of poverty and the giant triplets of militarism, racism, and materialism. And so uh, Reverend Barber and the Poor People's Campaign, and it's a whole lot more than just Reverend Barber. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, it's a, a huge movement behind this, uh, have resolved that we are going to go forward uh, with uh, Dr. Martin Luther King's work and uh, that we're no longer going to stand for a country that uh, is engaged in economic violence. Uh, that is literally uh, killing uh, poor people in our country by... Uh, forcing them to live in toxic homes, drink toxic water, and then deny them health care. So uh, this is the kickoff tonight. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's going to be a concert, and and the way it's going to take place uh, is that in the spring there will be 40 days of nonviolent civil disobedience uh, around the country, wow! And that'll be that'll be the beginning of it. Right, right. And another people's march uh, uh, planned, or well, I, or I I'm guess not, that's I'm all not the, aware. I'm not aware of that part. All in the planning stage, just right. But uh, I'm sure. And the concert tonight here in Washington. Yes, yeah. uh, I believe at Howard University. Mm. Yeah, Reverend Barber. Did he get arrested again? whatever it takes <laughs> yeah one of the one of the last times you were in you and ben were you and jerry were uh, leaving here to get arrested on the steps of the capitol so uh, that's correct on the issue of getting money out of politics and, yeah and right since that time the uh the stamp stampede has continued to grow we now have over over eighty thousand people literally stamping money out of politics on uh paper currency you know, I actually picked up a dollar bill that, you know, a couple of months ago or something that had one of your red stamps on it. It's, I, was, it's just, I was so it's, proud of you. It's yeah. just the beginning, Bill. <laughs> just the beginning. No, so I was reading this release here from the New York Times this morning that uh, today, exactly 50 years after the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King began his Poor People's Campaign, uh, that uh, this new campaign is starting. So it's a really historic day. And I'm, yeah, absolutely. But, and um, you know, the, the, what's interesting, the focus, people, you say poverty in the United States of America. You know, I think most people would say, no, those two don't belong in the same sentence, but they really do. I mean, right. It's, it's absurd. I mean, we're in the richest country in the world. I mean, we currently spend over $700 billion, over $700 billion a year, every year, Uh on essentially preparing to kill millions of people on the on the Pentagon budget, and you know, in the in the process uh, of the so-called war on terror, which is what we do with that seven hundred billion, uh, we bomb uh, thousands of innocent people, which creates more terrorists. Uh, you know, we're literally 
uh, creating terrorists faster than we can kill them. Uh, when, and in our own country, if we took just 15% of that amount of money, of the $700 billion that we're spending, we would take care of the toxic housing, we'd take care of the toxic water, and we would take care of health care needs for people who currently can't afford it. Yeah. It's, it's but absurd. Millions of Americans living in poverty below the poverty line, many of them working full-time jobs. But Absolutely. They're, they're, you know, even with the minimum wage, they're below the poverty line. And, and kids going to, going to bed hungry every night. Right, and you know, and in this country, we, and you, nobody talks about it. Nobody, you know, does anything about it. So right, and and in, so and in a, so and in a huge slap in the face to those kids, uh, we go and give a trillion yeah. dollar tax cut to uh, corporations and the ultra wealthy. Boy, well, you're on the front lines as always, Ben Cohen. So good to see you. Thanks Come on so much. along with me. All right, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we'll be there. Do whatever we can to help. Great to see you again. This. Is the Bill Press Show. Hey, everybody, this is Bill Press. Thanks for listening to the Bill Press and Friends podcast. And now, do yourself a favor. If you haven't already done so, subscribe to the show on iTunes. Here's what you do just search for the Bill Press Show, then you can take us with you and listen in anywhere you go. And you'll get new shows from us as soon as they're posted. And one more thing if you really enjoy Bill Press and Friends, please help us grow by telling a friend, writing a review, and giving us a rating on iTunes. It's so great to have you on board. Many thanks. Giving you everything you need to fight the Trump administration. This is The Bill Press Show. Live at YouTube.com slash The Bill Press Show. Michael Flynn down for the count. That's four Trumpers now uh, that have fallen to uh, Robert Mueller's investigation. Um, You think it's still a witch hunt, Donald Trump? What do you say? Hello, everybody. Good to see you on a Monday, Monday, December 4. Here we go. Hour number two of the Bill Press Show. With lots and lots to talk about. That's one thing you can say about Donald Trump in terms of journalism. Um, It is never a dull day. Uh, There is never uh, uh, any lack of things to talk about. Uh, The problem is it's usually just outrageous personal insults and other bad news for the American people. Uh, But there's certainly uh, lots and lots of news. And that's our job to bring it all to you, uh, which uh, we will tell you what's going on. From in here in Washington, D.C., a lot of bad stuff with the tax cut all around the country and all around the globe. And look forward to hearing from you as to what you think about it all. Send us your comments on Twitter at BP Show. We're coming to you live from our studio on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., joining you on YouTube, of course, and on Free Speech TV. Paul Singer. Washington correspondent for USA USA Today is just is going to be joining us a little later in, in the program, uh, and again we'll talk we'll talk uh, Michael Flynn, Donald Trump going out of his way to throw more support to Roy Moore this morning, and Republicans bragging about their tax cuts. We'll see how the what the American people think about them. But 
first. This is the Full Court Press. Just a couple of other stories making news. What is Donald Trump up to today? Well, it's no good. He is on his way. Well, not yet, but he will be on his way to Salt Lake City today. Why is he going to Salt Lake City? Well, he is going to outline his intention to shrink the Bears' ears and the Grand Staircase Escalante National Monuments. These span millions of acres in Utah. They were among the 27 that Donald Trump ordered Interior Secretary Ryan Zinke to review earlier this year. And he says, well, screw it. We don't need it. He calls it a massive federal land grab by the government. And there will be no more. Uh, I just want to s- everybody to stop and reflect on that. This is the president of the United States yeah. who's flying all the way to Utah for the purpose of saying, I am shrinking the size of two national monuments. Beloved national monuments. Yeah. These were created because they are ex- very, very special places. Grand uh, Staircase Escalante Monument is like the richest deposit of dinosaur bones in the world. Yeah. In the world. And Donald Trump says, we're going to go in there and be mining for coal and having uh, dirt bikes and, you know, whatever. Yeah. This is is disgusting. This is one of our greatest contributions to the world is the natural beauty found here in America. Right. We have that. So let's destroy it under Donald Trump. Another aspect of this Utah trip, real quick here, our buddy McKay Coppins points out that uh, Orrin Hatch will be riding with Donald Trump on Air Force One both ways, nine uh, nine hours. And what Trump's going to try to do is block Mitt Romney for running for for that Senate seat. (laughs) And he's going to try to convince Orrin Hatch, who is 83 years old, to run again. Uh, Yeah, no, absolutely. He does not want Mitt Romney in the Senate. He has been begging Orrin Hatch to run for reelection. Yes. Another quick story. Uh, over the weekend, we got word that CVS Health is buying Aetna or Aetna for yeah. sixty-nine nice billion dollars in a nice. huge, huge deal. Now, just think about the repercussions of this. This would create a new healthcare company that includes an insurer, a retail pharmacy, and a company that negotiates drug prices with drug makers. That sounds a little dangerous to me. But this is sort of the world that we live in with this for-profit healthcare system. This is the only thing that we could possibly end up with, and we'll probably see a lot more. Uh, totally. And you know what? Um, from a business point of view, it's a brilliant move for a CBS. I bet it goes through. Yeah. Oh, guaranteed. But not necessarily consumer. On your radio, on TV, and online, this is The Bill Press Show. Donald Trump says he's not worried about Michael Flynn's uh, being charged with uh, lying to the FBI because there was no collusion. Yeah, well, guess what, Mr. President? Looks like there might have been obstruction of justice and you are guilty. Hello, everybody. On a Monday, December 4, it is the Bill Press Show. We are live from Washington, D.C., our nation's capital, joining you all across this great land of ours. We start out here in Washington, but we end up up right alongside of you, wherever you happen to be, um, in the United States of America or around the globe. Joining you online on YouTube, youtube.com slash the Bill Press Show. 
joining you on Free Speech TV, coast to coast, and uh, out in the greater Chicago area on the powerful WCPT, the progressive voice of Chicago. Thanks so much for being with us. Paul Singer from USA Today will be joining us just a, a little bit later. There are uh, really two big news stories today. Uh, both of them uh, just uh, like so much to talk about. Tax cuts. The Republicans in the Senate finally got their tax cut bill through in the middle of the night, making all kinds of changes, last minute changes with a bare 51 votes, not one Democrat voting for it. And then also the indictment of Michael Flynn, his guilty plea and his agreement to um, cooperate with the special counsel, Robert Mueller, uh, and uh, tell him what he knew about other people in the Trump administration who might have been colluding with Russia or joining uh, the president in obstruction of justice. All right, flip a coin. Where do we start? Let's start this hour with the tax cut situation. Because in the end, as bad as what Donald Trump and his team are guilty of, uh, in terms of the impact on every average American, the tax cut may have may be even worse, may have even more of an impact. Because what it means, unless you make over a million dollars a year, is your taxes are going to go up. They may go down a little bit for a year or so, but then they're going to start going back up. And within five years, if you make less than $40,000 a year, you're going to be paying higher taxes. If you make less than $75,000 a year, you're going to be paying higher taxes. Again, if you make anything less than probably $250,000 a year, you're going to be paying higher taxes. Um, some of the last-minute deals that were made in the bill to get people to vote for it, uh, New York Times headline yesterday, last-minute breaks in the tax cut benefiting who? Developers, banks, and oil companies. They're the ones that got the last-minute deals right. that got people like Ron Johnson and those other phonies to vote for it. And again, it is worth pointing out that every Republican but Bob Corker voted for it. And believe me, Bob Corker would have voted for it if they had needed his vote. Uh, we, we so don't, about- don't give him too much, too much credit. Uh, uh, but also point out all those people last week that we said there were nine of them at one time. And they included Lisa Murkowski, Susan Collins, Jeff Flake, Ron Johnson, uh, John McCain. I forget. I'm, I'm missing a couple. Right. Oh, they're all phonies. They were just, they were just, first of all, they were trying to get some little deal in the bill. And that no matter how critical they are of Donald Trump, they're Republicans. And what do Republicans believe in? Cutting taxes for the rich, period. Yes. That's their whole agenda. And they had an opportunity to do it. And they've got an idiot in the White House who will sign anything they put in front of him. So they're doing it. Look, I just Tr- don't want a poor person. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Donald Trump sucks. We know that. We've spent about a year uh, talking about how terrible he is as president. But it, it's really, really important, as you just pointed out, name your favorite resistance Republican who did the right thing over health care, whether it's Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, yeah. Jeff yeah. Flake, who no. notoriously went up right. there and talked about how Donald Trump is ruining and wrecking the party that he so loves. He gladly went out there and voted for it under a promise that he knows is not going to be kept. Yeah. He, he's not an idiot. 
John McCain, the same thing. He heroically, as some people said, came came to the floor and stopped the repeal, another repeal of, of the Affordable Care Act. John McCain gleefully voted for this bill. This is who the Republicans are. This is who they are, indeed. So, And, and then they, 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 they say stuff like, here's a Lindsey Graham yesterday saying, now, remember, the Joint Committee on Taxation, which is a bipartisan congressional committee that just looks at the bill and they said, hey, no matter what, how you tinker with this bill, it's going to add a trillion dollars to the deficit, right? These are the experts. But Lindsey Graham, right, he, he knows more than they do. I'm highly confident there will be no deficit. The growth will uh, pay for this bill and then some. Yeah, I mean, so you've got, who do you believe? Do you believe this hack Republican from South Carolina? Or do you believe the Joint Committee on Taxation who said, no, all those promises of economic growth, despite all of those phony promises that you hear from the Republicans and all the tinkering that they're doing is still going to add a trillion dollars to the deficit. So they go ahead and, uh, uh, and, 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 um, and pass this bill. To, to, to show how badly, now the bill itself is bad and the process by which they did it is equally bad. Where the, at the last minute, in the middle of the night, and if you've seen pictures, and I've said there have been a lot of them in the news, of the, the, the document that was handed to senators and asking them to vote on, you know, was, <coughs> pardon me, handwritten notes in the margins, lines scratched out. Like in the thing. middle of the night. Yeah, in the middle of the She's night. writing stuff on it. Here's Elizabeth Warren. She takes her, 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 the document that she was given up to the microphone and says, are you kidding me? Oh, paragraph. I'll bet that's paragraph. To a double I shall be taken into account notably during the six taxable Y yo period beginning W slash something and then it's cut off at the bottom. And the Republicans think that's how you make tax policy late on a Friday night. Uh, yeah, that is how you make it late on a Friday night when you don't want anybody to know what you're doing. Uh, again, the bill, even even if they had a smooth process and a fair process and an open process, the bill still stinks. The bill still is nothing but a massive transfer of wealth from middle class Americans to the wealthiest Americans and the biggest corporations. But they had to do it this way because it was so bad. Otherwise, they could have never gotten through. And how bad is it? It's so bad that they would even take, and Donald Trump linked them this morning with his latest tweet, that they would even take a pedophile, if that's what it took to get this tax bill passed. Here's Donald Trump's latest tweet. 6.17 a.m. on December 4th, uh, Donald Trump tweets, quote, Democrats' refusal to give even one vote for massive tax cuts is why we need Republican Roy Moore By name. to win there he is. in Alabama. Yeah, We need his vote on stopping crime, illegal immigration, border wall, military, pro-life, VA, uh, judges, Second Amendment, and more. No to Jones, a Pelosi-Schumer puppet. Mm-hmm. Right. There it is. God. Just putting I it mean, out. Get, you're like, it was not that long ago. It was not that long ago that all of these Republicans 
Mitch McConnell. First of all, first of all, first of all, they started out by saying if the allegations are true, dot dot dot. Yeah. But then once the allegations were were pretty clearly true, and they said, yeah, he's got to go. There was this whole plan about if he gets elected, we will not seat him. Mm-hmm. They they're, they're going to take him in gladly. Yeah, gladly. In fact, uh, on Mitch McConnell, he has uh, he has caved on Roy Moore as well. Uh, he was asked yesterday, I believe it was John Dickerson on Face the Nation, one of the Sunday shows. Um, so now, do you still believe, right, that Roy Moore should not be elected? And if so, that you'll throw him out? I'm going to let the people of Alabama make the oh, call. Where oh, the election's oh, been oh. going on a long time. There's been a lot of discussion about it. They're going to make the decision a week from Tuesday. Oh, I see, Mitch. We're okay. so far removed from the initial allegations that came out in the Washington Post. It's been a couple of weeks now. Yeah, right, I'm sure everybody yeah. has short-term memory. Yeah, right. So he's a Republican. He should probably, you know, yeah, yeah. probably enter the Senate. Yeah, yeah. It really is kind of uh, remarkable, by the way, and at how the Roy Moore situation has has mirrored Donald Trump in his in like the final days of the election of 2016. The yeah. allegation comes out or a very damning story comes out, either the Access Hollywood tape or whatever it was with Trump. And you, all of a sudden, all these Republicans jumped ship and said, oh, this is too far. He's crossed the line now. This is too much. Yeah. And we saw that with some of the Republicans and Roy Moore. And now, oh, yeah. after it's yeah. been a couple of weeks, eh. And all the talk eh. about he'll never serve because if he is elected, we don't think he should be elected. But if he is, we'll throw his ass out. Uh, Lindsey Graham now, again, one of the uh, – I mean, how Lindsey gets this reputation for being an independent get out, get out maverick here. senator? Crazy. He is not. He is just crazy, 100% in, in Donald Trump's pocket um, with his head you-know-where. Uh, Lindsey saying about Roy Moore – could you have him be a senator uh, by your lights? I mean, would would you be able to, based on what you've heard, you'd be okay with him being a senator? Uh, we can't stop him from being seated. Oh, you heard Lindsey Graham. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, by the way. Oh, yes, you can. You can. Oh, yes, you can. What he's saying is, no, we won't because we'll need his vote. And they'll need his vote, final point on the tax cut, they'll need his vote because this is not the end. This is just the prelude to what they really want to do. There is no doubt about it. And if you read Paul Ryan and listen to Paul Ryan, he basically admits it. This is a two-step process, deliberately planned as a two-step process. The first one is to bust the deficit, to blow up the deficit, to add a trillion or a trillion and a half, as much to the deficit as they can get away with and still do it by reconciliation, which is a a trillion and a half. And then once they do that, they will be back next year with round two. And round two is we have the deficit now, which we have created, is so big, yep. we have to do something to bring it down. And what does that mean? Cuts to Social Security, cuts to Medicare, cuts to Medicaid. That is their agenda. Cut, cut, cut. Yes. And so you watch that that's going to happen. And when they do so and when they when and when American people uh, I uh, learn and understand and recognize and realize what's really into this and what it is doing to them and their families, I think this is going to backfire big time on the Republicans. And we've got 
uh, Mitch McConnell yesterday talking about who really voted for this bill and who didn't. And I'm glad he made this point. And if I were the Tom Perez and the DNC chair, man, I would I would be out with an ad on this with this statement today, making sure everybody knew. At the end, there was not a single Democrat who thought this was a good idea. And so we're going to take this message to the American people also a year from now. Not a single Democrat voted for them. Good. Not even, I must say, a Joe Manchin or a Heidi Heitkamp or a Joe Donnelly that people thought, right, would make a deal. Yeah. And by the way, Joe Manchin, in fact, said, I was willing, I'd be willing, I'm always ready to make a deal. If they can't make a deal with me, it must have been really bad. In other words, I suck. And they couldn't even Couldn't make get... me happy. <laughs> right, right. Like, I'm pretty terrible here. Yeah, yeah. But, <sighs> yeah. but if anybody, right, if anybody, if they could have gotten anybody, I'm the low-lying fruit, yeah. right? They could have gotten me. And this bill is so bad that not even, not even I would fall they for it. They couldn't even work with me, a total snake. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, God. So, um... And then, so what do the Republicans think about average Americans? And what do they think about middle-class Americans who are screwed by this bill? Trump voters who are screwed by this bill. Chuck Grassley spoke for all of them uh, this weekend when he was asked by the Des Moines Register, well, you're giving this tax, this it's like you're getting rid of the estate tax, which only affects like 2,000 families and why is that fair when all the rest of Americans are struggling to get by? And Chuck Grassley said, I kid you not, that all those people struggling to get by, they would, they'd also have great big estates. They'd have as much money as, all, as, as those very, very wealthy people did if they didn't just piss away their money on, Peter. Uh, quote, I think not having the estate tax recognizes recognize the people that are investing in. Yeah. Uh, investing as opposed to those that are just spending every darn penny they have, whether it's on booze or women or movies. Yeah. So end quote. How do you so like you that? hear that, kids? Stay yeah. away from those Nickelodeons right. and mm-hmm. the talkies down at the movie theater. And by yeah. God, you you'll yeah. have some money to deal right. with too. If only you didn't go to the movies so much, you too would have an estate worth eleven million dollars. To be you? fair, it does cost about a hundred dollars to go to the movies, but that's hardly the point. <laughs> I mean, it's just stunning that he would make a statement like that. But it does reflect how divorced they are from real people, how clueless they are. And this is true of, you know, Donald Trump, all of his cabinet, and most of these Republicans in the Congress. And they actually think that the only difference is that these people are and all the rest of us are pissing away our money on Food, booze, and movies. 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 <laughs> oh, God. Anyhow. Uh, yes, there was another big story, which is, yeah, hello, Michael Flynn. Michael Flynn charged with lying to the FBI. No doubt about it. He pleaded guilty to lying to the FBI. And we know now that Donald, that Michael Flynn was acting at the instruct with the under the instructions of the Trump transition t- team from Mar-a-Lago, and we also know, according to his own tweet, that Donald Trump knew 
Michael Flynn was lying to the FBI. This is huge. This is colossal. Let's just let's just start. Donald Trump over 20 times said nobody in his campaign, nobody around him had any contacts at all with anybody, any Russian officials. Okay, that's a total lie. We know that. Washington Post has identified nine different people, whoops, who did have contacts with nice. the... Uh, Everybody should turn their phone off before they go on. Yeah, what's wrong with you? Go on. That's my bad. I'm sorry. I forgot to turn my phone off, Bill. That's my bad. Uh, Nine different people that had, including Michael Flynn, of course, and Jeff Sessions and Donald Trump Jr., Jared Kushner, go on and on with the Russians, number one. Number two, Donald Trump insisted that nobody around him did anything wrong, that the Mueller investigation is a total witch hunt, invented by the Democrats to make him look bad. Uh, it's fake news, and it's going to go away. It's going to disappear. It's winding down. That's not true either. So far, they've got four, four, four people who work very closely with Donald Trump, top jobs with Donald Trump, Paul Manafort, former campaign manager, Rick Gates, his, his deputy, George Papadopoulos, uh, campaign advisor on foreign policy. Those three... Papadopoulos cooperating with Robert Mueller. But Michael Flynn is another category altogether because Michael Flynn takes it from the campaign all the way into the White House. And Michael Flynn, nobody was closer to Donald Trump than Michael Flynn except maybe Donnie Jr. Remember, Donald Trump had Michael Flynn speak to the Republican convention in Philadelphia. Lock her up, lock her up, that famous speech. Lock her up, that's right. Donald Trump considered putting Michael Flynn on as his vice presidential running mate. That's how close they were, how much he thought of him. And then Donald Trump gave Michael Flynn the the number three job in the White House. I mean, after president and vice president, there's nobody more important than the national security advisor. And he gave him that job. Yeah, he didn't keep it for very long, but he got that. He got yeah. that. Yeah, he got that job. Right. So Michael and then and Michael Flynn was a very, very much a Trump insider. And when they tried then, after he's charged, to dismiss him as some kind of rogue agent who was just there, when all the thing came out that he was talking with Kisiak about sanctions, they said, oh, he just did that on his own. Nobody knew he was doing that. Well, New York Times Saturday has solved that has solved that little puzzle. Liar. Yeah, with a whole set of emails from Trump advisor Katie McFarland, who's with Trump during the transition in Mar-a-Lago, emails stating that we got to do something to make the Russians know that we're not as mad at them as Barack Obama's mad at them, that we don't want them to think that uh, uh, that we're going to be tough on them because of their alleged meddling in the election, which we know is not even not alleged at all. So we're going to have Michael Flynn talk to them. And Michael Flynn does his job, as instructed by the Trump transition team, and then reports back to them that he's had this conversation. He was no rogue agent at all. He was doing this at the under the instructions of the Trump transition team, and Donald Trump himself knew what was going on. And then Donald Trump, who can't shut up, has to keep <laughs> tweeting. He, he makes matters even worse by tweeting out that he knew Michael Flynn was lying to the FBI. That's why he fired him. I fired him because he was lying to Mike. He lied to Mike Pence and was lying to the FBI. Think about that, friends. If that's true, 
if Donald Trump knew he was lying to the FBI, fired him, and the very next day asked James Comey, asked James Comey to drop the investigation, which Comey says he did, that is obstruction of justice. Senator Dianne Feinstein on Meet the Press yesterday. I think what we're beginning to see is the putting together of a case of obstruction of justice. Oh, so when Donald Trump says, ah, no big deal, Michael Flynn is indicted, no big deal, I don't see any collusion. Yeah, right. The people at the White House have to be concerned about this. If Michael Flynn is cooperating with Robert Mueller and the special investigation, there's only one way that that that, that chain goes now. It goes up, 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 right? Uh, Ted Lieu, Congressman Ted Lieu, made this point yesterday, and I've heard others make the same point. They did not get Michael Flynn to flip. They did not turn Michael Flynn, to use that phrase that prosecutors use, in order to get people who were below him, who were working for him. No, they turned him to get people he was working for, he was answering to. And who are the people above Michael Flynn in the food chain? We know who they are. They were Donald Trump Jr., uh, Eric Trump, Ivanka Trump, mm-hmm. Jeff Sessions, Mike Pence. Keep going. And there's one other guy in the White House. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Maybe I'd put KT McFarland maybe in sure. that line too. But I think there are a lot of people, frankly. Yeah, there's right. There's one big name. Know, yeah, but we know those names. And so the next names after Michael Flynn are going to be even closer to Donald Trump maybe members of his own family, and eventually maybe Trump himself. This is a serious criminal investigation. It is not winding down. It is just getting started. Uh, And I believe could be the end of the Trump presidency. I said earlier, I'll say it again. Given what we know now, um, I'm not saying he'll be impeached, but my belief is that Donald Trump will not last beyond the end of 2018 that there'll be so many indictments, people so close to him, that it's, it's very, to me, reminiscent of Watergate. It gets to the point where the, even, even these CS Republicans in Congress will just not be able to, to, to stand alongside of Donald Trump anymore. There'll be so many people around him who've been indicted, charged with criminal conduct, that even if the president himself is not charged with breaking the law, uh, he won't be able to last. It's a big uh, deal, man. It is a big deal, and we'll see how long the Republicans stand uh, stand with him. Uh, I guess one other final little uh, bit of bad news for Donald Trump this morning is uh, about that Access Hollywood tape. Remember oh, yeah. he said— uh, The infamous tape. Yeah, the infamous tape. First he apologized—well, first he kind of denied it. He got so much criticism that he finally said— yeah, I apologize for that. That was just locker room talk. I shouldn't have done it. Then lately, he's been telling people, you know, I think that Access Hollywood tape was a fake tape. Fake. It never really happened. Well, uh, there's somebody on the bus Crazy. with him by the name of Billy Bush. Crazy. Who's out today with an op-ed in the New York Times. The headline says it all. Yes, Donald Trump, you said that. In fact, the famous line, grab him by the blank. Of course he said it, says Billy Bush. And we laughed along without a single doubt that this was a hypothetical 
that this was hypothetical hot air from America's highest rating bloviator. Uh, they thought he was just acting. They thought he was kind of making it up. They thought he was sort of looked on like a stand-up comedy act. And Billy Bush says, now we know it was all real. That that's exactly what Donald Trump did to women. Uh, and he apologizes for his role in uh, in being any part of that whole act. As he thing. should. As he should apologize. And there were seven look, other guys on the bus, and any, they all heard the same thing. If there's any redemption for Billy Bush, uh, the fact that he's coming out and setting the record straight on this, uh, you know, I'll give him credit. Good for him. I, I still think that. You know that he played along with this and went along with it is terrible. Yeah. yeah, and he should have stood up to it and he should have said something and not made it possible for Donald Trump to use this Trump you know, to use he, this as a defense of saying this was locker room talk. He makes that point, by the way. Yeah, uh, no, he does. Credit. No, in, in, but in one other firm, he he talks about he was in his first year as co-anchor as co-anchor of the show, and he and Trump was a big guy on The Apprentice on I NBC, right? And Billy says he, like everybody else, sucked up to Donald Trump. Yeah. He got interviews with Donald Trump. Donald Trump would come on his show, and every time he did, and you know what NBC did to reward him for that? Tripled his salary and moved him from New York to Los Angeles because he was able to cultivate Donald Trump. Man. And by the way, he wasn't the only one at NBC who was sucking up to Donald Trump, right? Yeah. Uh, that's, why, that's why we're stuck with him. Anyhow, oh, so much going on, so much to talk about, so much you want to comment on. And do so on Twitter, at BP Show. Take a quick break and welcome Paul Singer from USA Today joining us next on The Bill Press Show. I, I went through the entire bill. I'm not going to say I read every single letter on every single page because 470 pages. Follow us on Twitter at BP Show. This is The Bill Press Show. Live video, Bill's commentary, the best clips from the show, all in one place. YouTube.com slash The Bill Press Show. Hey, you got it. Make it a Monday, December 4, and uh, that's it. The Bill Press Show coming to you live from Washington, D.C., booming out to you coast to coast uh, from our studio on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., where we're brought to you today by the American Federation of Teachers, great men and women of the AFT under President Randy Weingarten. Making a difference in America's classrooms every day. You bet, doing the Lord's work. We salute them, thank them for their support of the program, and welcome to the table, uh, Paul Singer, who is the Washington correspondent for the great USA Today. Hello, Paul. Good to see you. And uh, congratulations. We understand you are one of the newest members of the Gridiron Club. That is strangely the case. Yes, yeah, indeed. Nice. Thank you very that. much. <laughs> and you had your big dinner, uh, a, a big dinner, Saturday night. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, black tie. Uh, yeah, black tie. And mm. you get to sit around with a bunch of... This actually, honestly, this is the kind of dinner I sort of enjoy because it's just a bunch of reporters in the room. They, yeah. They, they, their, their big spring dinner, there's a lot of other people. Right. And, the white tie dinner. Right. And, right. The, and the White House Correspondents Association, yeah. of course, there's stars and stuff. This was just basically we get to sit around, waste our money on booze and women and enjoy ourselves, you know. Yeah. So uh, that's that's why you don't have a big estate that's because right. you spend all your money on, on booze, booze women, and women and movies. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, the entertainment was uh, Kathy McMorris Rogers. Kathy McMorris Rogers, Republican. Yeah. And. Tammy Duckworth. Yeah, and 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 I will say McMorris Rogers probably the best line. She said something about you know looking to the future and and will Mitch McConnell make it to the sea to lay his eggs, which was just like this. <laughs> it was just 
Beautiful moment, oh. hilarious line. Oh, very good. Yeah. yeah, line of the night. Yeah, very good. Uh, yeah. Tammy Duckworth said, I think, what did she say that, I just was looking at some of the notes. Donald Trump's next book is going to be The Art of the Plea Deal. Right, yes. <laughs> and she also said that she got uh, uh, picked on on Twitter by people who said that she doesn't have a leg to stand on, um, Ooh, which oh. is true because Tammy which... Duckworth is a veteran who lost her legs in the war. Man. I mean, it was just, yeah, it was pretty, wow. it yeah. was good stuff. Uh, she did point out that uh, everybody else has a nickname, little Marco, sure, Crooked yeah. Hillary, right? And so she says, look, look at me. I'm an Asian. I was born in a foreign country. I'm disabled. I'm a woman. And we know he doesn't like people who got shot down. So she deserves a nickname, too. Yeah, sure. <laughs> she, she suggested Lame Duckworth. Oh, wow. <laughs> it, was pretty, it was a pretty good evening. Uh, yeah, well, it gave you something to think about other than <clears throat> tax cuts. Yes, I have to think about whatever the song is going to be next year that I have to participate in the singing of. <laughs> The Gridiron is just a goofball club, you know, and, and part of what they do is sing these sketches. So I have to At figure. the spring dinner. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Um, the tax cut. Who benefits? Who loses? Where does it go? By the way, th- th- this so idea. You, you, you don't want a tax cut. I'm, I'm just getting clear. You, you don't want. <laughs> no, you want to pay more taxes, I, right? I, yes. You're pro-taxes. You're a socialist and you want more taxes. Listen, I have. You haven't heard my April 15 spiel every year, which is <laughs> I come in with a smile on my face. I am happy to pay my fair share of taxes. It's, it's an I honor wish to, everybody did pay their fair an share honor to of earn taxes. Enough to be taxable. Damn right. Right. But um, there's no doubt that this screws the middle class, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, just objectively speaking. On, on the front side, um, uh, significant portions of the middle class will get a tax cut of. You know, in the range of small to medium, uh, uh, in some cases, the bottom end of each uh, of the tax brackets, your tax cut will be larger, which will be a nice thing for you. Um, for people in the lower income ranges, there are some immediate benefits. The um, uh, doubling of the uh, uh, individual deduction will be a nice thing for those folks. Um, the problem is that, A, at the top end of each of the tax brackets, you'll end up paying more. Um, so there's 15 to 20 percent of people who will end up probably paying more tax, not less. Um, so it's not for everybody, despite what they tell you. And and the other truth is that people at the higher ends of the tax brackets, the, the, the richer people, um, will be getting a much better deal than you will. Um, that's the sort of, I mean, all that is just economic fact. It's the way the math works out. So I, I can't say just on the numbers that is in the tax bill, I can't say that people who have middle income are getting screwed because some of them, the significant portion, are going to get how a, long? are going to get a little more money back. Yeah, but for how long? Well, see, now this is the funny thing about the whole thing is that because it's uh, you know stupid tax policy, they have to meet these rules in the Senate, so they have to expire the personal tax cuts in three years or five. Yeah. Um, whereas the corporate tax cuts, those go on forever. Now. Whether they'll actually expire the tax cuts is a different thing, right? I mean, Paul Reiner, but he else says, oh, that's just a fiction. We put it in the bill just to, okay, well, so the fiction was that we could gamble with your and my tax cut, but we couldn't gamble with the corporate tax cut. So those guys get a permanent fix. We get a temporary fix that will have to be renewed in a couple of years when there's a very good chance we'll be staring at um, giant screaming red deficits. Right. Uh, yeah. And in order to pay for it, in order to even give that m- m- temporary Right. Tax cut. You've got they've add a t- trillion to a trillion and a half to the deficit, right? I'm I'm interested to see what happens next year. Some of the tax cuts in the Senate they put off for a year. 
Um, uh, and I believe that part of the reason for that is that they are very concerned about November 2018. Um, if all these tax cuts go into effect in January, which is like five weeks away, um, what you might see by November 2018 is a giant one-year deficit number, a giant spike in the deficit. Because the whole idea is the economic growth is going to pay this off, which is great, right. but that's going to take a couple of years. Well, well, wait a minute, which is great if it happens. Right, and even if it does happen, it's going to take a couple of years. Yes. So, so the first year, that is, in the run-up to the 2018 elections, it might look like they have just taken a bazooka to the deficit. Um, and I think that the, the Republicans want to, if they can, move some of that past the election cycle so that they're not having to stand at the polls and say, yeah, we gave away everything. Right. Uh, I have a more cynical approach, to which is no doubt. they know what they're doing. They know they're going to take a bazooka to the deficit. They want to take a bazooka to the deficit. So they can force deficit. spending cuts. So they can force spending cuts. Round two on Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. And it's possible. You know that is Paul, Paul Ryan's agenda and always has been. Well, and, and it also who, who is fits. The, who is Reagan's? Um, David Stockman. Stockman. Voodoo Economics. Voodoo Economics, who mm. said that's exactly what the Republican plan is, that, that you, know, you, you add to the deficit by, right. by all military spending or whatever. You blow up the deficit as a justification for spending cuts. You starve the beast. It's yes. basically the theory. That's that was right. his phrase, I think. That's right. And 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 there and is he was, a, Reagan, he was Reagan's budget director. And and there is a philosophical uh, uh, approach here that I respect. Right? It is a, philosophically, if you say, well, we need to eliminate government, um, uh, the, and and government spending, then let's eliminate the taxes, so that there is no revenue, so that then we can eliminate the government and eliminate spending. That's a, it's actually a fairly consistent philosophical argument, whether you agree with it or disagree with it. Um, uh, my concern is that in this particular conversation, we're not having that argument. We're having what I consider a more fictitious argument, which is that we're going to launch these tax cuts. Um, we're going to sunset half of them in a four or five years, which we never will, and that they're all going to pay for themselves magically by economic growth, which no serious economist seems to believe. Right. In fact, uh, there was that famous uh, University of Chicago, I believe, survey of 38 of the world's, of the country's leading economists, 37 of whom said it's BS. Right. And the one, I think, who voted the other way was contacted later and said, oh, I didn't understand the question. <laughs> if I had, if I had, I would have voted with the 38. I would have failed that test, too. Yeah, right. But, well, I remember that, you know, we said for a long time that, that, um, uh, the problem with George W. Bush's economy is he gave away a trillion-dollar tax cut and launched a trillion-dollar war, um, and and it, it crushed the economy. Well, we're starting this now with a trillion-and-a-half-dollar tax cut. Um, I do not know whether there's a trillion-dollar war on the horizon, but we're still spending an awful lot of money uh, in these wars overseas, and, you know, praise be to God, we hope we're not in a war in Korea in a month-and-a-half. Um you know, there there is a real there is threat. There, I mean, there is a real threat to the American economy right. from basically repeating this error. Right. Um, on one, one final point on that. I mean, do you think there's? Would you agree that there will be no difficulty in getting the House and the Senate bills reconciled? Yeah. It, 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 it's it, going to pass in conference. Yeah. If they have a conference, I mean, it's going to pass. Yeah. 
Right. I mean, I mean, at this I point, mean, this, they, all this talk about, oh, yeah, the Senate may pass a bill, but boy, the House will never go on. Nah, that's crazy. It's going to pass. Yeah. I mean, yeah. at this point, yeah. um, they would pass yeah. 100 pages that say all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy <laughs> yes. if they could and just put tax cut on top of it, stamp it, send it to the president and sign it. They don't care anymore what it says. They just have to pass it. Politically, what is this going to mean? I mean, Donald Trump, we've played a couple of times this morning, Mitch McConnell bragging about or making sure everybody knew that no Democrat voted for it. Donald Trump himself gave the the same message when he was talking to reporters uh, Saturday morning as he was heading off to uh, wherever he was going. We got no Democrat help, and I think that's going to cost them very big in the election because basically they voted against tax cuts. So that's going to be his message, the Republicans' message. No Democrats voted for this. Um, Is that going to help or hurt Democrats? It, you know, I think it depends, honestly. Uh, uh, let's see how much of this actually ends up being a tax benefit uh, uh, next summer. Are people seeing bigger tax return checks? Are they excited about that? Is there economic growth going on? Um, are they more concerned about the deficit exploding? Um, uh, I think it cuts both ways. And I think it is very possible uh, that Republicans can go around and say, hey, did you get a better tax cut? Did you get a better tax cut? And get a lot of people to say yes and say, see, we delivered something. Yeah. Well, that's good for them. It really is good for them. They, they are delivering what they've promised for years. Um, the flip side is we don't know exactly what the impact of this thing is going to be, and particularly the near-term impact of it's going to be, and it may end up being something that scares people. And even if some of them do get an, in, a, 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 an income tax cut, right, mm-hmm. they're losing... Um, they're losing the advantage of being able to write off some student loan That's debt, right? Right. right. Uh, home mortgage the, the, debt. There are people that, uh, that I've uh, seen posting. Medical costs. Right. I mean. Who are small business owners. And they're yeah. just like, this could ruin my business. Right. Like, this could absolutely just destroy my business. Well, and and it, I think you're right. They will turn this into a thing where they can go like, this person got a tax cut, this person got a tax cut, this person got a tax cut. But at the same time, you're going to have a bunch of other people going like, I had a successful business that has now been ruined. Part of the problem with all this tax policy is that it tangles in this way that – you know, you start pulling on a third. Hey, look, I got a, I got a double. My standardized deduction doubled. That's great. Oh, but I lost this and I lost that and I lost right. my mortgage yeah. deduction. Right. My right. whatever it was you yeah. know the two hundred fifty dollars I used to take for um, uh, my child care uh, or something. I don't no, know. it was for oh, my oh. teaching supplies. Oh, oh. I, sure, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. I taught for ten years at uh, uh, grad school, um, and I got a two hundred fifty dollars deduction for all the stuff that I spent teaching. Uh, you know, I I don't regret losing that one because I don't take it anymore, so right. it doesn't really matter. Um, but, but but again, like but a lot um, of a lot of teachers do. Yeah, I mean, and and, and and it doesn't obviously make or break you the two hundred fifty bucks, but it's one of those additional benefits. So it's it's unpacking all of this and getting a sense next summer of asking people, did you really benefit? Is it really doing you any good? Paul Singer's with us from USA Today, USA Today dot com. How do you assess just overall the news that Mike uh, Friday that Michael Flynn? Uh, is charged with lying to the FBI and pleads guilty and agrees to cooperate with Robert Mueller. What does this mean for the Trump White House? Well, first, uh, it, you know, I assess it by deciding that it ruined my Friday, but that's besides okay. the point. You know, um, you know, it's. Let me put it this way: um, if anybody on the Bill Press Show Empire ended up indicted and ended up saying they were going to work with the cops. Uh, on whatever else they may be hunting up, it would not be good for the Bill Press show. Right. 
right? It wouldn't necessarily be bad. For I would Bill never Press. do that, by the way. I it don't would snitch. never be. Yeah, exactly. He'll never roll over. He'll <laughs> take a bullet for the team. Just I'd, speak right in the, right here, bro. Right. You can just speak right here. Okay. Wait, is, this, on, yeah. is this on the record? <laughs> you wouldn't, but Jamie would. Jamie right, yeah, would. Exactly. We all know Jamie's the golden. Never snitch. trusted that guy. Jamie is the golden snitch. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, just think about it in terms of your own business. <laughs> Uh, uh, or your own no. uh, yeah. a family, anything. It's like if somebody in the in the room um, uh, is involved in something where they a plead guilty and b said yay, say yes, I'll help you get other guilty pleas. That's not good. I mean, it's just not <laughs> good. Now, there's plenty of ways you can parse this to say, well, you know, it doesn't mean that the president is colluding with anybody. Right, 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 or whatever. Um, but. Now you've got somebody who is inside the inner circle during the campaign, during the transition, admitting to something he shouldn't have done, which was lying to the FBI, admitting he lied about contacts with the Russians that may be suspicious and may be questionable, and admitting that he told other people on the transition team about the same conversations. Mm -hmm. So it just adds this whole other layer. Um, Okay, and then uh, let's add one more piece of that, which is, um, as the New York Times revealed on Saturday, uh, Donald uh, Michael Flynn was in contact with the transition team yeah. at the Mar-a-Lago, KT McFarland, yeah. uh, that he'd been instructed to make these contacts with the Russians uh, by the transition team. Right. Uh, so he was not a rogue agent. Well, right. And, 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 and we have to unpack a couple of different things here because – um, the details here are murky. It is not clear to me whether the um, transition is saying or the, the Trump team is saying that they were instructing Flynn to contact the Russians to talk about ISIS along with a dozen other countries who want to talk about strategy for ISIS, or they are acknowledging that they were instructing Flynn to talk to the Russians about undermining right. some of Obama's foreign policy uh, prerogatives at the time. I think those are two very different uh, well, things. Well, the, the emails that I read make it pretty clear. That, that she's saying, look, Obama put these sanctions on. We want to be sure the Russians know that we're not on board with that. I mean, I, I don't I don't see how you could suggest. He might, they might have been talking about other stuff, too. Right. But she said that flat out. And, and the question then becomes, who was she telling? Exactly. Right. right. Who I, else? That was who my else? next question. I mean, it, 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 one can – it's not a wild guess right. Right. that Donald Trump himself knew – what what she was talking doing? It right? is not a wild guess, but but we also don't have evidence. We don't have true. evidence of that. Okay. Now, third wrinkle is we have Donald Trump coming out saying in a tweet, "I fired James Comey. I fired Michael Flynn because he lied, he lied to the FBI yeah. and he lied to Mike Pence." So, Donald Trump is basically saying he knew that Michael Flynn lied to the FBI. And did nothing about it until the story broke in the New York Times. Uh, and that he then, uh, <coughs> assuming then, we believe, he then fired Comey, and Comey says he told Comey the next day back off Flynn. Yes, yes, right. right. Now, now I, again, so, the, Trump, the Trump defense here is a weird one, which is that he didn't write that tweet. His lawyer wrote that tweet. It's like, mm-hmm. really? <laughs> is, as, I, as I mentioned earlier, Trump, Donald Trump has written th- almost 36,000 tweets, 35,000 and some change. Has he ever admitted that he has ghostwriters for his tweets? Now, I, I think we can all accept that he does, I right? Assume. Like, I assume. I think Dan It's Scav- either him or Dan Scavino. Dan Scavino And Dan Scavino is just as an awful human being and as he is. You can kind of tell when Trump himself tweets. You look at, like, how he puts words together or... Capitalizes things 
strangely. Not yeah. if yeah, yeah, right, exactly. You can tell which ones are genuine Trump tweets, but like it, he's never admitted that. He's never said like with like there are uh, tweets that get him in trouble or tweets that are misspelled or tweets that are wrong. He never says like, Oh, that person did that. It's always Trump. It also opens a really interesting attorney client privilege conversation because can we now uh in court ask uh, the lawyer to come in and testify about which tweets he yeah. wrote and which tweets he right. didn't, because they've now brought that into the table. Yeah. Well, also, yeah. Um, look, the Trump. I don't care who draft. If somebody, else, I don't believe John Dowd. I must say, it was John yeah. Barron. Sp- yeah, right. <laughs> Spokesman <laughs> the, for the, the president, pu- yeah. the publicity director. <laughs> right. I don't believe John Dowd. Um, but even if he did, Donald Trump sent it out. Went out under his name. Right. He owns it. Right. And and, and, and and some of the courts have been saying that these are official presidential statements. Well, wait. Sean Spicer said that. Sarah Huckabee Sanders says that the presidential tweets are official presidential statements. Yeah. So having made that rule, it's kind of hard, you know, to, to back off it. Well, I didn't write it. Yeah. So if Donna, so I want to get to this is Senator Feinstein on Meet the Press on Sunday. If you add up all the things we just talked about. I think what we're beginning to see is the putting together of a case of obstruction of justice. And that's serious stuff. Did you see, uh, I think it was this morning, uh, Axios had a, a piece that apparently Dowd sent them an email saying, the president cannot be charged with obstruction of justice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which is an interesting legal argument. Well, when the president theory. does it, that means it's well, not illegal. Yeah. Yeah. The president is above the law. I mean, really? Well, yeah. I mean, again, I, there's, there's apparently there's some legal theory behind it. I haven't fully researched it, but I don't poke it well, around. Well, I think, but, but, but in one sense, we know that that was tested with Bill Clinton and Paula Jones. Yeah. Now that was that that was a sexual harassment case, but it it didn't uh, it wasn't uniquely applied to sexual harassment. I mean, the president is not above the law. Right. Well, and it was also tried with Nixon. Um, yeah. And yeah. and I think right. You know, part of the issue that you get into is that we'll never get to an obstruction of justice case against the president of the United States in a court. It'll never happen. Be- yes. Right. If, you, if you're at that point, the, the avenue is impeachment, not conviction. Or resignation. Or resignation. As in, as in Richard Nixon's Correct. case. Resignation. Okay. Now, Michael Flynn has said he's cooperating. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard Congressman Ted Lieu make this point on MSNBC yesterday, w- w- uh, former prosecutor, that if you turn a guy like Michael Flynn, you don't turn him to rat out people who were under him. By and large, right? No. no. The, yeah. the, the, the way that works is they start here and then they work. They up work the up. chain. Okay, like George Papadopoulos. Exactly. Who is above Michael Flynn in the chain? Who should be nervous today? Everybody in the White House. Everybody in the White House. I mean, whether it is the president, whether it is uh, uh, anybody who worked on his campaign. Uh, I mean, there's conversations that, you know, I'm not going to throw out names of people who might be in danger because I don't know who's in actual danger, but but everybody's been interviewed, you know. And, and, and by the way, a bunch of people who were prior uh, uh, White House officials are now being interviewed. Uh, and you ask these questions. If, if you're going to start asking beyond what did Michael Flynn know, but what did Donald Trump know when he fired James Comey, Anybody who works in the White House, up to and including President Trump, and anybody who worked in the campaign, up to and including President Trump, can be asked questions because obviously somebody knew something. Right. Uh, and when uh, uh, Ty Cobb 
tells the president that this is all going to be over by the end of the year? Yes, that's not true. <laughs> the only way to, I mean, yeah. you know, there's no way. Now, now uh, again, uh, Cobb has been sort of parsing that statement recently, saying, "Well, I just meant that the you know the Trump collusion part be over by the end of the year. You know, obviously the silos involving Manafort and Flynn will trail on for." Uh huh. Well, those silos involving Manafort and Flynn both have the asterisks of being about Trump and his campaign. Right. So, like, th- this will not be over. Right. Uh, when I talk to you about the Senate on the Senate front, uh, Donald Trump tweeting out this morning. Do you have that handy, Peter? Um, yeah, we've read it a couple of we're, times. We're we're pro pro Roy Moore now. We are flat out openly pro Roy Moore because we need his vote for important things like tax cuts. Yeah. So it's got the pedophile. Who cares if he's a pedophile? Yeah. Well, whatever. Here's a here's his tweet this yeah. morning. It's six seventeen a.m. Eastern time. Democrats' refusal to give even one vote for massive tax cuts is why we need Republican Roy Moore to win in Alabama. And then he goes on to say, we need his vote on stopping crime, illegal immigration, border wall, military, pro life, VA, judges, Second Amendment, and more. No to Jones. Uh, a Pelosi Schumer puppet, which, by the way, this was a it, our debate earlier about whether or not this, who tweets for Trump. This was a Trump tweet because all of the things that he listed were capitalized. Right. Puppet was capitalized. Pelosi Schumer puppet. There's improper punctuation. There's no comma between some There's, of the things that he lists. Right. The, the, ne- the next tweet, I think, had this terrific you know new moniker for Doug Jones, which is like you know. Pelosi, Schumer, Democrat, socialist puppet. Yeah. Like, that, that's too many words. That's, that's, that's Trump. That's, <laughs> that, that, that's Trump. That is not Dan Scavino. That's not his lawyer. Yeah. That's yeah. not John Barron. Yeah. That is Donald Trump. Right. But, uh, and and by the way, the, the follow-up tweet was, who, uh, yeah, yes, he's a sexual predator, but so am I. <laughs> now, did, he, did he tweet that out? Liberal. CNN, MSNBC, Bill Press. <laughs> You know, the, 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 oh, yeah. the soundtrack's got to be Sweet Little 16 for the yeah, Roy right. Moore, for the Roy Moore oh, victory series. Right. Hey, Paul, great to see you. Follow Paul at USA Today, USA Today.com. Have a great one, folks. See you tomorrow. This is the Bill Press Show.